everybody, and welcome back, or welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. And I am Blair. And today we are talking about our biggest fears as parents. Holy cannoli. I mean, how long of a piece of paper you got? It's like, the list of parenting fears is like a CVS receipt. It's so long. It's (laughs) so long. And when you want it to stop, it keeps going. It keeps going. You're like, oh, I didn't know there was any more receipt paper left in the world. And yet here we are. <laughs> it's, it's a little insane. I tell you, I was, I was looking up this uh, particular, doing a little research, and I had to stop. I honestly had to stop because there were things that I truly did fear that I was like, oh, that's a common fear. And then there were things that popped up that I didn't fear that I now fear. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll just add that to the list to talk to uh, Dr. Starling about. Isn't that so? <laughs> isn't that so funny that um, that is the thing about fears, and I, I feel like this is sort of um applicable to even my son's experience with like just learning more about the world. Mm. Is that now he realized that there is more to fear? Oh, like yeah. we want to keep our kid in a bubble because ignorance is bliss. Yes, indeed. Well, the funny thing about fears too is that like. We They compound. You f- learn about one and it makes you think about another one. Also, there are big picture fears. Let's talk about the fear before we even have a child of bringing a child into the world. That was one of the like biggest things when I looked up parental fears. Yeah. Parents, greatest fears, mom fears, dad fears. Most of the lists were before they had kids. Which is like the last thing you need when you're pregnant is to have one more thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you want to keep it positive and you want to keep the serotonin. What's the good stuff that goes through your body? Cortisol? Cortisolin? Melatonin? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this happens every episode where we're like, we're going to look that book. Serotonin? I think it's serotonin. Serotonin. There it is. That would be a really good, like, um, drag name. <laughs> Sarah. Oh, my God. It would be Sa- Sarah Tonin. Ah, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> so let's get into it. Like, our biggest fears. When when looking this up, and this is like post kids having children, they're here in the world, they're in they're in your possession. And the first one is child obesity. Fifty five percent of parents fear their child being obese. Number two is bullying. I I mean, you can see how many fold these fears are going to be, right? Because mm-hmm. child childhood obesity is. Um, it's a reflection of the parent. Like this is these are the fears, right? Mm-hmm. So you must not be blank or you are giving your kid too much blank, which we all know is BS. But those are the fears in your head that you think other people are going to have, which we talk about in this show a lot is that compare and despair, right? And so suddenly that's a reflection of you as a parent. We want to protect our kid from unkindness. I get that. Let's dive into this. What are um, some parental fears. And this, mm. this is like a basic list. I got it off of goodtherapy.com. 52% of uh, parents fear bullying. <gasps> That's a big yep. one. Substance abuse, smoking, uh, violence at school, child abuse, um, alcohol abuse, internet safety. That's a That's a big one for me. But also like, it's interesting that list. It's like, the safety of your child. It is, we want to put our kid in one of those big plastic bubbles that comes up on my targeted marketing on Facebook. 
<laughs> where they're like, oh, you want to buy expensive, crazy crap for your kid. <laughs> You're going to love this. It's a, I can't remember what it's called. It's not, it's not the sumo wrestling ones that you can do, but it's like a big plastic bubble and you kind of roll in it. I feel like I saw one. Uh, one oh, I know what you mean. You know what I'm talking about. But that's what we would like to do with our children, isn't it? And so those fears that you found on that list, to me, cover the gamut of all of like the daily fears, bullying, why are they being bullied? Also keeping them safe, which is our biggest, that's my biggest thing, I think, is just keeping them, keeping him safe. I don't want to bubble wrap him. I think my husband does sometimes, <laughs> but I don't want to bubble wrap him. I know he's going to grow to be a better person if he goes through these things, right? Right. But I also, I never want him to grow up. <laughs> Like, because, well, like we were talking about, because ignorance is bliss and we know what happens when you get grown. Yep. You get grown problems. Yeah. And you see the world with, you see more of the world for, for better and worse. You know, I remember coming up, like coming into my parents' house when I would go home to not even visit, but like during the summers during college, I mostly lived elsewhere, but I would come home on weekends or for, you know, stretches here and there. And I would get home at from going out with my friends. This is in my early 20s, you know, one-ish or so, 1, 1 a.m., 1.30. And um, I would always go to the base of the stairs and say, Mom, I'm home. And she would say, okay, honey. And then that went on and on until one night. <laughs> I went to the bottom of the stairs and I said, Mom, I'm home. And she goes, you don't have to tell me that every time. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> What? What? Because huh? cause I'm her baby. I'm her baby. She needs to know it. But I think she had been able to. I was in my 20s. Right. So by that point, she was like, you, you're not 16 anymore. She's like, I've worked it out. I finally worked it out. I can finally get some sleep. Go to bed. I don't need to know you're here. I now know how disruptive. Mom, I'm yeah. back. It can be. <laughs> like, are you kidding me at 2 a.m.? Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Don't make me take more melatonin. So it's it's this idea of just like the and listen. Here's the thing: it seems as though a lot of these uh, parents are probably teenage parents. Why? Because I don't know. I feel like like the alcohol abuse, the the smoking, the substance abuse. I think these are fears for their future. Uh, in my mind, it felt oh, for like fears future, for their right. future. Duh, duh, so duh, like, duh, I am duh, worried duh. that my D is going to be a smoker. That would bum me out so hard because yeah. what a poor choice that would be. Right. And and also he is aware that it's an addiction too. So like, you know, my <laughs> my husband, when we got together, he would have, I think I've told this before, he would like, if we went out with friends mm-hmm. and we had a cocktail or two, he would inevitably go outside to have, I think he called them smoky treats. <laughs> uh me and your husband used to have smoky trees together. I remember those days. I thought so. As I said that, I was like, were you yeah. one of those friends that he was going out front with? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was part of that socializing culture and, and everything else. And then and he has since stopped that. So I think that would be my fear. So I think that like that's my interpretation of this is like, got it. I definitely have those fears for him. I don't know if they're in my top 10. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like right now. Like, my fears for him as a five-year-old is that people aren't nice to him. Right. That he catches uh, COVID. You know what I mean? It's, like, much more immediate. Yeah. And that's what this list. So then I found another 
uh, list. So many lists. <laughs> so many lists of fears. If you need a list, if you need, if you want to throw yourself into a tizzy, I got some lists for you. Yeah. If you need some advice on fears, are you, are you missing some fears? Google. Oh, I'm sure so many people are like, I wish I feared more things. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this one on Baby Center seemed to be more up our alley. These are like the, t- and I picked the top five uh, parenting fears and what we can do about them. And the first one they have is like these great expectations. I'm afraid my child won't get the education opportunities she or he needs to reach their potential. Mm-hmm. Right? That sounds, that's a good one. That sounds on point. It does sound on point. It's so funny because we are talking about, you and I have talked about this, Blair, about particularly at this age. So our kids are five and you also have a two-year-old. So like we always, we speak jokingly about like forest schools not not jokingly as if they are jokes but like should i send my kid to a forest school like mm-hmm. is that am i a bad parent if i'm not doing this thing that works really well in finland or whatever mm-hmm. and you start saying to yourself oh am i not you know what it comes down to is am i not providing my kid with the opportunities that other kids have mm-hmm. or that will help them to excel well that leads me to uh, psychologist Paul Donahue, an author of Parenting Without Fear. <laughs> oh, we've had him. We've we've talked about him on the show before. That's right. We have Mr. Donahue. Doc, totally. Dr. D. I think last episode. Yeah, he's very good. Um, he says that parents think that they should do it all for their kids. <laughs> Stimulate them, keep them constantly entertained, do everything for them so they won't have to endure any frustration. Oh, g- heaven forbid they should endure frustration. <laughs> right? They worry. Not that, that, you know, they're giving us plenty. Um, they worry that if they don't do these things, their children will somehow fall behind. Yes. But, but constant parental hovering makes it difficult for kids to develop independence, resourcefulness, imagination, and basic life skills. All things that will help a child achieve in school and in life. We, yes. Helicopter parenting. Isn't that what that is? Yep. Constant hovering. Helicopter above them. Yeah, that is so true. And it's finding that balance. Blair, you and I, before we started recording today, even we're talking about dress rehearsing tragedy. Dress rehearsing, don't do it. But I'm real good at it. Yeah, so good at it. We all are, right? It's like um, finding ways to tell our kids to be careful without saying the words be careful because that doesn't mean anything to them. We've talked about that on the pod before. And it's like they're climbing a tree, but they'll never know that they can do it if they don't try. Right. So like, rather than be like, be careful climbing that tree, that means you're dress rehearsing tragedy. You are assuming they're going to fall. And that means they think they're going to fall. It's all our, all of this is like all of our assumptions and how we feel. Yes. As opposed to like really just like setting outside of ourselves, looking at our child, not even like walking in our child's shoes, but just like looking at our child, seeing what their potential is. And, and riding with that as opposed to like, <laughs> if I were to, if I were to climb my clumsy self into a tree right now, I would break everything. Listen, my hips won't even let me take one step. You, listen, your hips don't lie. Your hips are hurting. <laughs> they they are. Mine, mine are too. Yeah. But my kids, they're like lanky little string beans. Yes. They could do it all. And just remember when we were kids and we were not supervised. All that time. And I know we talk a lot about like, what about our childhood applies today? In some cases, not much, right? As far as like uh, screen time or being inside or being outside, that kind of thing. But a lot of it does, which is like, go outside, 
I'll flash the lights at six o'clock and that's when you come in for dinner, you know? And what were we doing? We were exploring, mm-hmm. you know? And so it is tough in this day and age with all the access that our kids have to media, to the internet that I, I you know what? Actually, you said this earlier and I agree. I think that's my biggest overall fear yep. for my kid is that he's not going to be a, able to be a kid. Yeah. He's going to see something on somebody's computer or somehow get through it, you know, when he has downtime screen time on his kid's tablet or whatever. And it's, and you can't take it away. Mm -hmm. You cannot take that away. And so he's, is he having enough time to be a kid? Because we are so advanced now. Everything is so advanced. That would be my biggest fear probably. Well, I'll tell you this too. And I've, I've mentioned this before to, to your listeners that I, I teach college freshmen. And we had this conversation just last week because I was trying to get them to use their imaginations. I'm like, you guys, let's, let's get into our imaginations. And they were having a really hard time. And I was like, what's the deal? And they're like, we don't use our imaginations. Everything that we need to think of or, you know, if we have questions or we need to, like, picture something, we just Google it on our phones. And I was like, gosh, that's so Right. You know, there is no wonder. Yeah, somebody, somebody just There's no wonder. Was it Tom? That's terrifying. Who, who's the guy who who's the guy who sings like this? Ah, who's that guy? Louis Armstrong. Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> My impression was pretty good. <laughs> so, I don't know why there was any confusion. It was a great impression of Louis Armstrong and and and, and Tom Waits. It, it was Thank you. Book, yeah. If they had a baby, that baby lived in my throat for a second. <laughs> um, but they, somebody just posted a meme where he kind of put it into words, this thing that we you talk about sometime, which is like, like we have taken away wonder because we have the answer in our hand, right? We have the answer in our phone. And so David and I, my husband and I talk sometimes about, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Like I was sitting at lunch yesterday. I went into the city, into New York City to meet some friends and for lunch and something came up. Oh, what was the name of that comedian? Whatever. And we had all put our phones away. We didn't have them on the tables or anything for lunch. And and I said, there's no way of knowing. I guess we'll never know. We'll, ne- we'll never know. And we all laughed. And then we moved on because you want to know why? It wasn't important enough to get our phones out, you know, but it's different. But that's but that's for that's for us, though. Oh, college kids. Let me tell you, if it was the uh, if it was a group of my students, they would have answered it. Yeah. yeah. They would have found out. Yeah. It's 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 oh, that God. important. There is no wonder. I know. There's no wonder, but here's the thing, but that's but that is within our grips to make sure that 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 they don't get too much screen time right now. At least that's something that that I know that you do, and it's something that we that we do in our household. Like screen time limits, yeah, yeah. You have to and and to show them the importance of being outside, show the importance of coloring and drawing and and coming up with things out of your brainstem. Because, uh, and I think that that that's uh, that that's something that I'm going to have to sustain as a parent, even throughout. Uh, you know, grade school, middle school, high school. It's just something that I'm just going to have to sustain because it's not something that's normal right now, you know? So, and because of the whole bullying thing, like if you allow your kid to have their phone in their room, then 
the good people have access to your kid to send them kind and thoughtful messages and the yeah jerks <laughs> the bullies the the people or the the kids who have their own fears and insecurities and they're expressing that in ways that are hurtful to your kid possibly yeah you're right there are there, you're absolutely right there are things that we can and should be doing and and one of my biggest fears as a parent is that it'll never be enough well i mean that's like yeah, the outside world will always get it. Always. But but here's the thing, too. We have to trust as parents. And you you kind of sort of know. You know what I mean? You kind of sort of know. It's I mean, it's always going to be there. But you do kind of sort of know, okay, my kid's doing okay. There's moments I have where I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, y'all are fine. I'm like, oh, man, I'm doing like this kind of a job or the world's creeping in on them. And I look at them like, oh. Oh, okay. Even like at the playground where I don't go, but I have, when I have to, I do go. And I see like the bullying stuff happening and I see my son stick up for himself or I see him stick up for his sister. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's good. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. You're good. And then I like try, I try to be like, yo, great job. Thank you for standing up for yourself. How'd that make you feel? Good. Great. Thank you for standing up for your sister. That made her feel good. You know what I mean? Like, but how are you going to continue that when they become insolent teenagers? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's one of my biggest fears. <laughs> and your son goes in his room when he comes. <laughs> oh, listeners, we're all on the same boat. We'll be right back. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. It's January, and for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root, and right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan-vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering toddler purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. Welcome back. We're talking today on Toddler Purgatory about our biggest fears, some of our biggest fears. And listen, we're all over the place because there's so many of them. I was talking more about um, our kids having access. One of those big fears is that, you know, internet, access to the internet and seeing... When we were kids, thangs, thangs, seeing adult, adults, uh, thangs, participating in adult behavior. And I'm just afraid. And it's all, all it is. It's all part of bubbling our kids, putting them in a bubble and having them not see stuff. So I just want a healthy kid. 
Like, how do I keep my kid mentally, physically, emotionally healthy? Here's the thing. And this has happened to somebody that I know where their kid was exposed to it from another kid and they came home and they're like, yo, mom, dad. How old? What age? Let me tell you what I saw. Uh, 10. Okay. A little older. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I think that, and this is something that I did not have. And a lot of kids my age did not have in our generation said as soon as like something, first of all, all that stuff was private, right? Like, yeah, private. We don't, Say nothing. It's done in private. We show each other in private. Private. All the all the things, right? I think that for me, I have to keep it. I'll put it to you this way. I told you that I grew up in Germany, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody knows that. At night, German TV would have nudity, mm-hmm. and there would be like nudity kind of everywhere. But it was very, like, you go to, like, the local pool and you'd have, like, people just, like, walk around naked. And it was, like, it was very common. It was very normal. So the kids that had lived in in Europe for a while thought nothing of it. The kids that came from the United States, like, their parents were just, like, uh, stationed overseas and would come into this when we were, like, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12. They'd be, like... Did you see what was on TV last night? And I thought to myself, it's the exposure and how how it's how it's translated, how it's how it's talked to amongst between your parents and your kids, right? But if we just like talk to them and tell them and let them know about boundaries and health safety and all that stuff, I really think that that will resonate way more than them you know, finding things on the internet and, and, and rebounding it off each other with their friends. That was really a long-winded way of saying just talk to your kids. One of the other, like, biggest fears that toddler parents have is accidents and injuries. My little one, my two-year-old, the other day, she was just like, you know, when they get sleepy, they get lanky and noodly and clumsy. She was... Oh, yeah. She was playing around our console of our TV and she went to to brace herself and she missed it. And she was like, like millimeters from slamming her little nose onto the console. And I was like, I almost threw up. (laughs) Now, what do you think that that is? What is that triggering in you is I think it's the pain. I think it's the pain. It's the pain I feel when my kids get hurt. Mm. And if it's like big pain, it's like, uh, it does something to me. Sometimes I have like a clutch, like in my uterus. Yes. Yes. And it, my uterus contracts when I see my son in pain, whether it be emotional pain or physical pain or f- because I honestly think it's our body saying, you put him back in here. He's safe in yeah. here. <laughs> you, he, got, he got be safe in here. Yes. And- our children are 40 pounds. Do not put them back in there. But I do believe that that, yeah, we we have this ugh, womb link to them maybe for the rest of our lives. Oh, yes, for sure. But the good news is, is that um, Alfred, I find a lot of these professionals have really hard sounding names. Just to mess with us? Is that just, just to mess with us? Um, but Alfred, Alfred Sacchetti, that sounds right. Alfred Sacchetti is a chief of emergency services at Our Lady of Lords Hospital in Camden, New Jersey. Woo, woo, 
Woo! Shout out to Camden. What? 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 Um, and he says the vast majority of accidental trauma accidents are preventable. In the overall scheme of things, medicine today can help kids survive most things that happen to them. Things like seatbelts, wearing car seat belts safety safely, um, wearing helmets. He said that he couldn't believe how many uh, traumas he sees of people just simply not having their kids wear wear helmets. Can we talk about helmets for a second? Absolutely. That is a point of contention with my son. He is getting of course, so, of course, of course. for lack of a better phrase, yep. headstrong. Headstrong. Not that strong, though, D-Man. Not that strong. <laughs> yeah. About not wearing his helmet, particularly, quote unquote, in his neighborhood. He <laughs> says, it's okay, mom. It's in my neighborhood. I don't need a helmet. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. The pavement's softer in my neighborhood, mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. In our neighborhood, the pavement is made with those recycled tire pieces like they make on playgrounds. <laughs> and I'm like, no, because I think he means that like he knows all the bumps and grooves and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. what? And I have to admit a couple times when I'm like, just have nothing left in my tank. I've been like, oh, fine. Go ahead. Yeah, you can scoot. And he has like a three wheel scooter still on his two wheel scooter, like a razor scooter. I'm pretty adamant. I'm not even pretty adamant. I am adamant about a helmet because he's not quite as good at that yet. But his three-wheel scooter, his micro, I'm like, okay. Just like in front of our house. Just be careful, please. And then I do that thing. I say, I say be careful rather than being like, have a plan or, you know, use that break or stay in control. You know, all the other alternate phrases you can use. I'm just like, okay, be careful. Because in that moment, I just need to repot this plant that I've been wanting to repot. For six months. <laughs> just let mommy repot. Just, the pl- I just need to repot this plant. See, and that's that's where I'm like, uh, it, it's it's a, it, you, there's no back and forth. You put the helmet on or you're not doing it. Yeah. Because it's, because it, it's so, it's so fearful for me that it causes me severe distress where I cannot. Yeah. Function if I know that you're out there. And also, listen, we live in a city. We are surrounded by cars and trucks and yeah. people not caring in their motor vehicles. So I'm just like, oh, put it on, put it on. That's a good point. I live in a super quiet, not even suburban, like we live in a college town neighborhood with wide, pretty good condition sidewalks and no traffic. <laughs> it's like we live in a kind of a sleepy area. That's an interesting. Well, you know, we talked about that. Like what what is in our Danger Babies episode, we talked about how something that is potentially a threat in one person's neighborhood would not be in somebody else's. So this is very specific. Totally. And that's and, and that is so true about fears. I mean, what about someone who um has some housing insecurities? Mm-hmm. Their fear would be that their child grows up to also have housing insecurities or food insecurities, which so many people in our nation do. Mhm. And the world, obviously. So, so a lot of these fears, these parental fears, first of all, you're not alone. You know that. You know you're not alone. So just remember that. You're not the only parent who has these fears. And also, they're not stupid. Like, I need everyone to know that, too. Like, having fears, if someone says to you, oh, that's stupid. Why would you ever have that fear? Uh-uh. 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 If it's real to you, it's real. And we just have to, as parents, find that balance that's right for you and that will encourage the growth of your child and keep them safe. That is the constant balance of parenthood. I feel like we're just like constantly like, it's about a balance, guys. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. You're not alone. (laughs) Like, subscribe, review. (laughs) 
But it is true. And I feel like it if it helps somebody uh, weekly, I know it helps me weekly to talk to you, Blair, about this stuff mm-hmm. because it makes me feel less alone. And also sometimes I need, Blair is also in a, an amazing way, also a, a splash of cold water in my face sometimes where you're like, <laughs> get over it, Lloyd. And sometimes we need that too. Lloyd is my last name, by the way. She just doesn't randomly call me Lloyd. <laughs> But if you wanted to, you could. And sometimes I need that, too. So I hope that, you know, you guys get some not only comfort, but also saying to yourself, maybe I don't need to be so fearful all the time. How can I let my kid grow within the scaffolding, right, that we're the safety scaffolding that we put up for them? And like my therapist tells me, shout out to Dr. Starling, we do the stop method. As soon as I get that fear and I see it happening and it's like, uh oh, and I start spiraling. I say stop. That's your word. That's it. Stop it. Stop. Great. Because most fears, A, don't happen. The things that you fear usually don't happen. Mm -hmm. And B, they're really just like all in your head. They're just a, 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 a... I want to say amalgamation, but that is not the word. But I just really want to. It's a big word like that, though. It's a it is a big word. An amalgamation is like a collection of things put together as another thing. Right. So maybe you're thinking about a creation of your own mind. It's a figment, a figment. There it is. It's a figment of your imagination. And then it starts to spiral. And if you're like me, you get these Oscar worthy reels, movies that just in Make your brain. it all real, real. So sometimes you just have to say, "Stop it!" Now, now I'm now I'm out of control. Now I'm out of control. It's healthy to have some fears that you channel into, um, being reasonably safe about yourself, yourself and your children, because you, we do have to keep our kids safe. But it's about practicing saying stop, so that we know when one is a, a rational fear of our child running into traffic. And an irrational fear of, I can't let him climb this tree because he might blank because we're dress rehearsing tragedy. And something that I have to do too, ready for it? I've got to stop clicking on the articles that have like the fear inducing headlines. Oh, like clickbait stuff. Yes. Oh, particularly for parenting because they are tapping into so much, not just parenting, but they're tapping into what already lives in our heads as seeds already. And they're germinating it. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. They're watering it. They're making it become a tree because we say, but but if I don't read this article, I'm not a good parent. We do have control of some of these things that we let into our, our fear inside of us. Right. And we all do it. So please don't beat yourself up. I do it too. Of course I do. But we have to limit that kind of thing. I mean, I guess we could talk about the perils of the internet for hours. But also, it's really good. Like, when we find these articles that help us and our listeners with stuff. Like, that's the thing. I guess, you know, sort through the noise to get to the good stuff, right? (laughs) Also, give yourself a break and go outside. You're right. We'll be right back. Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. So we're back talking about parenting fears. How can we keep our fears in check? help them to help our kids stay safe, but also not make ourselves cuckoo bananas in the brain from cuckoo. thinking about these fears, which, which we've all done, the fear spiral, right? Yeah. So how do we stay out of it? Well, <clears throat> one of the, it's, this was part of this uh, baby center um, article was that what you need to do is get some sleep. Oh, here to the here. Here to the here. And especially for new moms, because the worry and the panic and fear is often due to hormones and lack of sleep. Mm. You know? So it's just like, oh, if you're not feeling 100%, those fears sneak in and get big. But it's like, but it will send you. That fear will send you. So get some sleep. Yeah. Get some good quality sleep so that your your brain has its time to to get the oxygen that it needs and needs to rewire to uh to get you out of the uh the, the vortex of of fear. We talked about that in our episode on sleep too. Go 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 back and listen <laughs> to our toddler purgatory episode on why are we so dang tired all the time? And that has some good good tips in there as well to forget some sleep. Gotta get that sleep. Yeah. Um also breathe. Breathe and like Dr. Starling says, stop. Just say stop. Give yourself a, a, a what do they call it? Like a safe word. Yeah. When you find yourself in the like vortex of fear or you find yourself in a situation where you fear fearful for yourself or your child, um, breathe, take yourself away from the situation, um, but or give yourself... A safe word, you know? I think my word is enough. 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 That's a good one, too. I th- I think that, like, I get to a certain point, like, reaching the peak or the apex of my um, anxiety, fear-based anxiety, and uh, I say, whoo, enough. And I think breathe is another one of my words, is like, whoo, Okay, I need to breathe, right? I need to take a step back, look at this and say, what is our opportunity here for growth? 
And what is our opportunity here for safety? Like in, in trying to balance those things in the moment, which is incredibly hard. And then if you need to talk it out, always talk it out with your partner, with your friends, mm-hmm. with your other mom friends, parent friends, or with a medical professional. I think this is like one of my main topics mm. that I talk to with my therapist is my fears and the th- and how I how I my anxiety causes me to spin out of control over things that don't exist. And she helps you to get through like those particular moments or 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 introducing things like your mantra, like things like stop or yeah, both. She, you know what she does mostly? She's like she shows me how I don't want to say ridiculous because they're all valid and they come from a real place. Like we said before, like you're not stupid. It's not dumb, but she helps me put it into perspective of what's, what's really real and what's really just conjured up in my head because I'm trying to have control over it. That's good. It's so interesting too to like apply those things, going to therapy or talking to your friends or creating the mantras or, you know, doing your meditations, whatever you do to who come out of that place, right? Um, those can also be applied on the on the micro level. <laughs> like, for instance, do you have those things where, like, oh, I saw this great meme the other day where it was two pictures side by side of like, I believe it was the same male model going, walking down a runway. And in one of them, he was wearing a like a like a suit that was like overly fitted. You know how this it's very dramatic, you know, and and high fashion. So it was like a really close fitting suit where the the pants came up to just under his knees, the yeah. sleeves came up to, almost to his elbows. It looked like he was wearing a a tiny suit for a child. And then the one next to it was I believe the same model walking down wearing also hilariously but oversized high fashion clothes, like a huge suit, like, you know, David Byrne and um and you ask yourself is this my beautiful wife? So like that kind of thing, but even bigger. Underneath the caption was like, <laughs> the first picture of the male model in the little suit was my son in 4T clothes. And then the, underneath the other one was my son in 5T clothes. <laughs> that is where we are right now. If I put pants on him, he's a 4T waist, but he's a 5T length. So I put him on him and it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, high waters as they used to say. So quite short. But I think cute. And also, if you get a little cuff, it's like, oh, what's that cute little capri? What are those beach pants? Oh, what is that? And he is not having it. He is not. He is unhappy with this. So then I'm like, okay, let's try on these 5T pants. And he is swimming in them. He looks like one of those clowns wearing a barrel that's held up by suspenders. It's like, ooh, like comes all the way out. <laughs> if, the, if it's a functioning yes. drawstring, I hate non-functioning. <laughs> the fake drawstring pants for kids make me nuts. But if it's a functioning drawstring, that helps. But even then, it's like, (laughs) it's comical. It is so comical. And they're so long. And then I have to cuff them. And he's mad about that. But anyway, this is all to say. Wow, that was a long explanation. This is all to say. You can apply them on that (laughs) micro level, too, of me folding up his pants, him being worried about how it looks, me being worried that someone's going to, you know, some kid at his school is going to be mean to him. I, I don't know. Like, we go in our head about these things. We go crazy. We run to, you know... Goodwill or or a local store to buy new pants, even though you know they're going to be too big or too small. But it's the whole thing of, oh, okay, that enough. This too shall pass. I can't find pants to fit. That's a fear. Okay, it's small. It's not the same as, you know, (laughs) safety at schools. But it's a tiny micro fear that I have. (laughs) It's more of like, oh, and I have to say, but my point is, you can use the same mantras. You can use to say, okay, enough, enough. Molly. Enough. It all filters back to one of the big things. Is he going to be bullied? 
Is it going to be bullied? Exactly. Is it going to be cold and catch a cold and then it's my fault? <laughs> I don't know. It all comes back to like, how does this reflect back on me? <laughs> exactly. And is he going to be safe from words or from whatever? You know, I'll tell you what my, I, I'll tell you what my therapist tells me. She says, the fact that you're concerned and the fact that it sends you into this mental space is proof that he'll be just fine. Yeah. Because we care so much. Because you care. You care. If someone's listening to this podcast, either we made them because they're related to us or they care. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like our listeners, you, you all are listening because you care. And, and we appreciate it so yeah. very much. So listen, make sure that you follow us. Would that be great? Please do it. Um, join the conversation. On Facebook, we have such good ones. Oh, man. I learn so much and I laugh so much whenever I visit it. So, Also, toss up your um, episode ideas. Any episode ideas, anything that you'd like to hear Molly and I gib-gab about, throw them up there and uh, we'll get to it. Yes. Thanks so much, you all. And we will uh, see you next time. Bye. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.